Together, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Come, Holy Spirit, Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil of the gospel. That your word, the word of life, will bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures and these great mysteries for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So every now and then, um, not every now, probably, probably more often than, than not sometimes, there's certain lines in Scripture where they make me laugh. I don't know if the Holy Spirit or uh, the, the sacred Scriptures writer, like whoever, St. John here in the book of Revelation, like intended this, but I kind of get a little bit of a chuckle, but maybe I just have one of those weird, weird sense of humor, uh, which is true no matter what, right? I do have a weird sense of <laughs> Here... There you go. See, here it is right now. Then one of the elders spoke up and said to me, Who are these wearing white robes and where did they come from? So this is, right, the one the elder speaks up and he's saying to St. John as he's getting this revelation of heaven. This revelation of heaven and he sees the altar that's there and there is vast multitude that are wearing white robes underneath the altar. And he asked he St. John, like, who are these? St. John says to him, my Lord, you are the one who knows. You know, like, don't ask me. I mean, I don't know what's going on. You tell me who they are, right? And then so he says, these are the ones who have survived the time of great distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And the history of the church from the beginning of the church fathers until now, like biblical scholars have said, you know, there are basically like two interpretations of who these folks are. One could say these are the martyrs. They've washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb. And another interpretation is this is just all the saints. This is all the saints who, because... They made it to heaven, right? Because they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's the only way for us to get there, to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And so the church really liturgically puts this reading on the Feast of All Saints because of that. We have all throughout the year these different, the Feast of St. Clair, Feast of St. Joseph, I mean, all these particular saints that the church has said, okay, we can know with surety they're in heaven. But then there are tons of other folks who are up there who aren't on the official role of the church. And so that's what this feast day today celebrates, the fact that like, there are a lot more folks up in there in heaven than we have on the official role. And it is partly one to honor them, to ask for their intercession, but to remind us that is what God made us for. God made you, God made me to be saints. That's the truth. Your purpose in this life and in the next is to be a saint. 
So we're thinking, I mean, many of you are still in school or are just out of school. And so you're looking like, what is my life path going to be? And, and what needs to be at the heart of it, the heart of it needs to be that the Lord has called me to be a saint and I want it. Lord, I want to live my life in such a way that I'm allowing you, that I'm cooperating with you in my own sanctity. Because God has never, never forces himself upon us. He is so generous and he gives and he gives and he gives. And at every single moment, the life of grace is open to us. Every moment, every moment. The opportunity to say yes to sanctification, the opportunity to say yes to communion with God here, which ultimately leads to heaven. Every moment. There's not one moment in which the fullness of grace is not offered to us. And then in those moments, right, but God will never take away our free will. We must cooperate with him. But even in all these moments as God offers his grace to us, that the church tells us that the Eucharist, particularly the celebration of the Mass, is the source and the summit of the Christian life. Like the source and the summit of what it means to be a Christian is to participate on this side of heaven in Mass, my, my whole mind and my whole heart, my whole soul, my whole body. So what that means when you these words source and summit, it means it's the place from which we start, which all grace flows, all of it coming from I, the reality that this is the sacrifice of Jesus. Not sacrificed again, but made present to us here and now. His suffering, death, and resurrection. And all the grace from that reality is is present in the Mass. And so it's the source. Wherever we're going to go, whatever we're going to do, all of it comes from here. All of it. But then it says it's the summit, which means that that everything that we're doing the rest of our lives needs to to move us and return back to the Mass. Like it it should come from the Mass and return back to the Mass. So what that means, if, if the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our entire life, then actually everything in the middle should be a Eucharistic life. Everything. Everything from the source and to the summit of our life, every moment should be a life lived Eucharistically. A life lived in offering ourselves to the Father through Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like that's the life. So that we, in this self-offering and in coming to the Eucharist as the source and coming back as the summit, and every self-offering that we give to the Lord at every moment is being washed in the blood of the Lamb and washed in the blood of the Lamb and washed in the blood of the Lamb. What does that look like practically? We could spend a long time talking about that, but I'm going to give you two things. First is an awareness of it. It's an awareness of God. The saints would call this the practice of the presence of God. That just throughout our day, they were just aware, like, God is real. And he's closer to me than I am to myself right now. That I can, I mean, even, even as we're here, right, in this church, even as we're here in this church, maybe you're listening to me, maybe you're falling asleep, you know, Maybe you're looking across and like, man, that girl's kind of cute. You know, I don't know what's going on right now. But if we stop 
And you just intentionally go, go into the depths of your heart. Just this awareness. Like even while you're doing whatever you're doing, even while you're listening to me, even while you're looking at that girl, that guy, whatever, but you just can go to a place where you're aware of your deepest center and the Lord present to you there. Like can we be mindful of that? Can we live that life? Whatever class we're in, wherever we're walking, whoever we're talking to, being just like in that deep space, aware of the presence of God. Because that's going to change how I speak, what I look at, what's, what's hanging out in my Instagram, right? All these things, my snap face, all that fun stuff, right? You know? All that. It's going to inform everything and empower everything. Um, I'm laughing at my own jokes. So sorry, sorry. Because it's so cheesy. It's all right. The other thing, the second thing, is that where am I, like I need to be dying to myself, particularly in regards to temptation. When temptation arises, am I ready to die? Am I choosing death over sin? That Today, you know, today for, for, there was this moment a couple of different times where I was like, oh, I could say that, and that, would, that might be really funny. And the Lord was like, don't say it. Like, but I want to say it. Yeah, but it's probably not very nice. I'm like, well, it's funny. <laughs> and it's like, die to yourself. I'm like, no, but like, not all my jokes are funny, and this one is. He's like, yeah, you shouldn't say it. I'm like, ah, oh. painful. Like those, that's, that's a little moment, right? There's a little moment in which, hey, I'm hanging out with folks, and, and there, there's a reality here that maybe some things that the culture says about who I am as a person and or marriage or sexuality or whatever, and I'm like, ooh, it'd be so easy to go with the flow, but I know what the truth is. Not that I need to be angry at anybody or any of those things, but am I going to stand up for the truth in love? Am I, I'm going to the store and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a new TV. I really like this TV, but you know what? I'm going to buy one a little bit smaller and I'm going to give the price difference to St. Vincent de Paul so that someone can have food. When my friends come over and be like, why didn't you get the bigger TV? I don't know. This is the one I wanted. I'm not even going to tell them what I did with the money. These moments. This is living a Eucharistic life. And when I see someone who every day that I walk by on the way to class and no one ever talks to them. No one ever talks to them. And they smell bad. Right? Like, whole thing. That I'm going to stop and I'm going to talk to them. And I'm going to do more than say hello. I'm going to actually have a conversation with them and treat them like a human being. Like this is living a Eucharistic life. That I'm dying to myself for Christ. And I'm being washed in the blood of the Lamb. That I'm coming forth from the Mass. I'm coming forth from the Mass. And I'm living the Eucharistic life 
all day long, and it's painful, but it is full of joy. And it is full of freedom. And that when the temptation, right, lust, greed, pride, envy, jealousy, selfishness, whatever it is, Lord, I want to die with you. I want to be washed in the blood of the Lamb so that I can return to the summit of the Eucharist, Lord, here, and then ultimately, Lord, be sanctified, be one of the saints in heaven. And that my life lived, not because I'm looking for it, but other people would just see you in me. A Eucharistic life from the source to the summit requires us coming to the Eucharist, requires us being aware of the presence of God, requires time before the Blessed Sacrament, and a dying to self all day long. But that dying produces a rising of the life of Jesus in me. So that we can say there was these two priest friends, I've used this example before, but um, the, the people would ask like, man, how, like, did you see the Lord in this particular older priest? He's in his 80s, he's still alive. Like, how? What's going on? And his priest friend said, because there's not much John left. It's mainly Jesus. Because he's died to himself so much. And actually, when we do that, we don't lose ourselves. We become our true self. So he's actually more of John than he has ever been. It's just the things that are not in conformity with Christ are gone. So let us pray for the grace and the discipline to live a Eucharistic life. And let's encourage each other along the way. Because we cannot do it alone. We cannot do it alone. We need our brothers. We need our sisters. We need all of us together in this. And we're going to reach across racial lines. Like living a Eucharistic life and love someone in a tangible way. And one of the elders spoke up and said to me, who are these wearing white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, my Lord, you are the one who knows. He said to me, these are the ones who have survived the great time of distress. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Where did they come from? They came from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They came from LSU's campus because they live the Eucharistic life from the source to the summit and every moment in between.